Today's sponsor for TFE is brought to you by Amazon's Audible.com service, who has more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products. Get a free audiobook of your choice at www.audibletrial.com slash TFE radio. Welcome back everybody to TFE Radio Trinidad for episode 5. This is our 5th week under the TFE Radio Network. Our 5th episode, Trinidad Bone for Saturday, November 28th, 2020. I'm your humble host and narrator, James Strength Navarro. And thank you very much for once again joining us this week for all things Trinidad and Tobago. I want to jump into the very, very, very first topic because this is a very touchy topic to me and to a lot of uh, West Indians, not just Trinidadians, but Guyanese people, Jamaican people, so on and so forth. Especially if you are Indian Trinidadian, this is a topic that needs to be talked about for sure. Um, I have been, um, I've been contemplating doing this topic on this show ever since I started the show, even before I started the show, actually, let me be more correct here. Um, it's about the heavily racist tone of Trinidad and Tobago, in particular, Trinidad and Tobago. Um, as we know that there's predominantly uh, black people that live in uh, Tobago, for the most part. And in Trinidad, it is almost damn near half of the population is Indian, if not maybe a little bit more. Now, Trinidad itself is a bit more diverse in terms of the uh, race, color, creed, and religion. Of course, there is the majority is Indian and black, but all Trinidadian. And there is, obviously, there's Chinese Trini, there's white Trini, there is Spanish Trini or Hispanic Trini. There is mix, which would be Dogla. Uh, there is all types of like, for example, myself, I would be considered, um, I would be considered like a Kalalu, so to speak, of uh, colors and races. But I identify as Trinidadian, West Indian. Bottom line, Trinidadian bone, like the title of this particular episode. Now, I am, once again, in case you have just tuned into this episode, uh, these brand of episodes, TFE Radio Trinidad, and you have you do not um, are familiar with what I've been mentioning before. I am uh, Spanish Trinidadian and Indian Trinidadian, so I'm half and half. But I do have black in my bloodline because uh, apparently, from what I know and what I've been told, and from what I've seen in my own research, is that we have. Um, we have Afro-Caribbean in our blood. We have uh, Afro-Hispanic blood in our um, our bloodline, um, being that my great-grandmother was a, uh, apparently, this is my great-grandmother, apparently was a Afro-Latina uh, from Venezuela. So I literally am a Kalalu of sorts, but I would identify, if I had to explain to someone, I'd be like, well, 
I am uh, Spanish Trini and Indian Trini. Indian Trini, Spanish Trini, whichever way you want to say it. Uh, now, the reason I wanted to get to this is because, uh, as I have men- mentioned to loved ones in Trinidad that to this day still live there, um, I have, you know, in more time, more recent times have opened up about the racism I dealt with when I used to visit Trinidad. Now, I don't remember or recall so much the racism being prevalent towards me when I lived in Trinidad, but when I used to visit between 95 and 97, I, for those two and a half years, would deal with it. And unfortunately, a lot of it had to do coming from my own kind, my own brown people. Yeah, it's true. And it's it's a whole nother topic. Now, I could just throw out the statement and say, you know, our own kind does not treat our own kind with any kind of real respect. And I would be totally accurate in making that statement. So I'm making the statement now. Our own kind does not treat each other with any kind of respect. Not everybody, of course, but it seems to be a very prevalent thing. Uh, no matter where you are, actually, especially if you're in Trinidad in particular, as we'll just keep it to Trinidad, your own kind does not treat you with any kind of respect or love or any kind of care. Um, I've had my own kind being brown people, brown uh, loved ones and uh, brown family members uh, treat me so terribly. Now, I had touched on this topic in the TFE Radio Uncut and Uncensored episode that you might have heard just before this episode of TFE Radio Trinidad, but it is true. Uh, I have gotten more um, racism, I've gotten more threats, I've gotten more disrespect, disregard from my own people, from you know loved ones that I have known since I was, since we were children, all the way up to, you know, members threatening me and things that and the other. But it's always been my own kind, brown people, brown people like myself, whether they were darker in skin tone or they're lighter in skin tone or the same skin tone or whatever the case may be, I have gotten it. I have been called every racist name in the book, except for what you would probably refer to on a derogatory term of what you would call, uh, Indi- uh, excuse me, uh, you know, Asian people. I don't look nothing Asian, although I have been uh been asked if I am Filipino because of my last name and I guess apparently in the Philippines there is people that sort of resemble me uh, depending on what parts of the Philippines you go to now mind you it's kind of like when you go to Japan not everyone looks Asian some of them have like very very even more lighter skin and light hair and light eyes and you would think they're not Japanese but again to bring it back to Trinidad Trinidad has a very racist tone still to this day. Unfortunately, someone who I um, I trusted uh, wrongfully and someone who I had known since we were kids uh, had recently come out and started to spew a lot of things that was very racist and very uh, started off as borderline racist and then started off uh, borderline racist and then got to a very racist place. And I'm just like, you sound like a racist and this individual of course can't tell this person anything because it's like they're starting to form in into this they're starting to, to to form into to get into this formation and this mold of being an old head 
And that's another topic I will get to in a second here pertaining to this main topic of racism in Trinidad and amongst the West Indian community. We unfortunately um, have had a falling out, um, not to anything that had to do with my own doing, um, but this individual is used to people being around them and being an enabler of them and their thoughts and their views and whatnot. But um, they don't try to make a real difference out there. But here they are saying all these things that just made me cringe and made me just say, you know, like straight up, you sound like a racist. I'm not saying that you are, but you sound like a racist. And some of the things that I was hearing in this conversation was just making me just my stomach turn. And it was it was unbelievable to hear because I had known this person for such a long time. And at the same time, just not long before that, I was, uh, this person all of a sudden had a problem seemingly with my skin tone. But then again, there is all kinds of different opinions and different things when it comes to Trinidadians that live abroad and live in Trinidad itself. Now, mind you, again, if you live in Trinidad, you can agree with me because it's not everybody. There are the few bad apples like this person that I'm talking about. There is this idea that when you live, this may be another topic, but it kind of just follow my chain of logic and sort of where I'm going with all this. When you are Trinidadian, and this goes back to actually where I say that we, we do not treat ourselves, our own kind with any kind of respect. You know, black people would say the same thing. Hispanic people would say the same thing. Even white people would say the same thing. Brown people would definitely say the same thing. Asian people would say the same thing. I get, I've gotten more racist. I've gotten more disrespect from my own kind than any other race. Bottom line. It's unfortunate, but I'm using myself as an example. Now, I'll tell you, back to this point of where I am about to tell you this, we do not treat ourselves with any kind of real respect. This person in particular has a very, very jaded view of what it's like to be a Trinidadian living abroad. This person thinks that because they live in Trinidad, that they're more hardcore Trinidadian, that they're more Trinidadian than anyone who lives abroad or maybe someone who does not or has not been born in Trinidad itself, that was born in Canada or born in the States or born somewhere else, that because you're in Trinidad and you were born in Trinidad and that you never tried to get out of Trinidad, that you're more Trinidadian than everybody else. It's like this Guyanese girl that I know from back in the day who... who has the nerve to say that she's more West Indian than some of us because she was born in Guyana and she's half black Guyanese and half Indian Guyanese. Now she looks more black, but she's Dogla, but she feels that she's more West Indian than all of us because uh, we're not half and half like she is. Um, I'm half and half of Indian and Spanish, but we're not half and half like how she is black and Indian, the predominant race of Guyana or Trinidad. And even someone who was born in Trinidad, she had the nerve to say to someone that I'm very close with that, you know, you know, she's more West Indian than her. It's like, what? She was born in Trinidad. How are you more West Indian than her? Like, it's not a competition. Again, we do not treat ourselves with any kind of proper respect. 
So going back to this particular person, I'm just giving those examples of this particular person, uh, you know, who was Guyanese and feels that they're more West Indian, just the sense of entitlement. You know, because you were born in the motherland, that means that you're more Trini, you're more Guyanese, you're more Jamaican, you're more this, you're more... No, it's not not the case. That should never have been the case. But again, you notice the borderline undertone of racism. Now, this uh, person that I'm speaking about that I know since I was little um, has a very jaded opinion about many things and doesn't want to look outside of their own little distorted bubble of reality. They live in a world of just complete, just narcissism, self-centered, you know, just emotionally unavailable, just very, very, very disrespectful, you know, lying, cheating ways. This is what this person is. And like I said, I don't, I don't speak to this person anymore because they don't deserve to have me in their life. And I just thought they had grown up or they had changed for the better or whatever the case may be. You know, they had grown into a better person. Now, mind you, they could be a beautiful person if they want to, but they seem to just be very much a miserable person, especially now. And like I said, they've turned into a, a just a miserable old head. So anyhow, this person who I had a falling out with as I'm continuing to talk about this individual as an example, um, has somebody uh, in their their um in their in their home that is actually a black person that comes and always helps that person constantly it's almost like the indian has a black slave and it's just you have these mentality uh thoughts these mental thoughts about what you think about black people and how you know most of the crime in trinidad is black and this that and the third it's not so much true it's just that, you know, even the media in Trinidad is very, very, very racist as well. It could be predominantly Indian people. It could be predominantly black people. It depends on who's behind the boards, who's behind, you know, all the graphics and all the all the news stories and everything that puts these stories together and puts it out in the media houses out in Trinidad. You know, there are some publications in Trinidad that are just blatantly racist and will just shit on the Indians or or any other race in Trinidad. And then there's the media houses that are predominantly um, Afro-Caribbean, uh, Afro-Trinidadians that will completely shit on the Indians and the non-other uh, uh, races that are in Trinidad. It goes back and forth, but it starts all the way from the top, all the way to the bottom, all points in between. Now, mind you, not everybody like you know, we know not everybody in Trinidad is racist. This person in particular has just become more and more and more delusional in their life and has no concept of reality. For example, if you do something wrong to this person, then they blame you for why they did wrong to you. It's like there's no accountability. And that's another topic I will get to throughout the existence of this show is this blame game that Trinidadians, certain Trinidadians do if you live abroad or you live in Trinidad in particular, if you live in Trinidad, the blame game that everybody is to blame, but not you. Even though that you were the cause for the issues, you were the cause for the negativity, it was you 100%, it's always somebody else's fault. But again, that's a topic that I will get into more deeper detail at some other point. 
So anyhow, this particular person spouted off a lot of very borderline and then blatant racist stuff that I was just like, you got to be fucking kidding me. You know, after all this time, we've known each other. Now, all of a sudden, you want to then have a problem with my skin tone and just continues to listen to all the rhetoric that comes out of some of the other jaded people that they are associated with or related to. It's like, I am telling you things that you would not know about Canada. And yet you're still going to listen to the very jaded, you know, racist, just delusional people that are existing around you, that you keep around you because you're just as miserable that live there in Trinidad. And it's just like, you know what? You can't change bad people. You cannot change bad-minded people. And you know, like what Tupac said, and I say this almost in every show, I am not going to change the world of racism in Trinidad, for in particular, as I'm saying this about Trinidad and racism in Trinidad. Like Tupac said, you know, I may not I may not change the world, but I am going to be the spark that helps to change the world. And that's why I do this show, because I want to bring to you, like I did last week or the week before that, it's the good, the bad, and the ugly about Trinidad. You know, you're not going to hear... Uh, me sugarcoat anything about this country that I love so much and that it is my blood, it is my bloodline, it is my motherland, it's everything. Now, I was born in Canada, so you would say that that's my motherland as well. But, you know, Trinidad is my home as well. You know, it was my home and it will always be my home. It will be my home away from home. You know, I was born and raised in Canada. I was born and raised in Toronto. I was, I you know, like I, I grew up you know, for a little bit, a, few, a good few months, I've got stories upon stories about visiting Trinidad and living in Trinidad before that. So, I mean, like I said, as the hence the title of this show, Trinity Bone, you know, and the thing is, it's unfortunate because again, as I had made mention last week, as I was previewing that we were going to talk about this this week, this entire uh, election that happened recently showed you that it really predominantly was a black man against a brown woman. It was sexist. It was uh, uh, gender uh, related. It was, uh, you know, skin tone related. It was it was racist related. It was everything. You saw certain parts, and even the person that I spoke to um, around the night of the election in Trinidad in August, I said, oh, this this area won, and this area is, um, this person won in this area, and this person won in this area. Oh, that's predominantly brown people there. Oh, that's predominantly black people there. It's like, wow. You know, it couldn't be just like a straight victory because people actually were voting for this particular person regardless of their skin tone. But unfortunately, it, it that person actually was true, except for the other things that they had spewed at me, as I mentioned earlier, just a moment ago, they were completely wrong about. But again, it's like you cannot, you, you have enablers around you. You won't have anybody that comes around and tells you that, you know, you sound a certain way or you look a certain way or you are blatantly a racist. And that's the other problem that I have is that you cannot talk to these people who are just so dumbfounded and when it comes to reality, when you present a realistic sense of view, point of view, they just, they're just stuck in their ways. And that's the problem. A friend of mine, uh, this, uh, this very uh, lovely Guyanese woman who um, I've known since uh, we were in high school, uh, she's a little bit younger than me. She had recently taken up the cause to expose what uh you know the racism that goes on in the west indian community because 
uh, of, of uh, we were starting to see uh, some things happening in uh, with the the Black Lives Mo- uh, movement, the Black Lives movement, and then some of the um, the things uh, pertaining to Breonna Taylor and how her uh, there was nobody captured, and just the rhetoric that was happening around the time as the election in the United States was going on. And so we're we're getting an influx of just races, uh, racist, blatant racism, racist overtones, undertones. We're getting it all. So she, uh, as we started to see over here in Canada, we started to see that there is uh, some, uh, you know, some. Um, my apologies. Uh, sorry, as I was saying there, as I'm pulling up my chair a little bit closer to the mic. Um, the issues that we were seeing with this election really represented that there is still racism prevalent as time goes on. Um, it's unfortunate that when the election was going on and then everything that was going on in the States, the election there, how that was moving, and then of course what was moving with the election in Trinidad, and then we were starting to see it here in Toronto that there was this 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 comments being made by certain restaurant owners here that are brown and that have like Guyanese owned restaurants or Trinidadian owned restaurants and they're making disparaging comments about the black lives movement and you know certain individuals that were being gone down that were black in the United States and people started to boycott them now there was a number of people and I'm not going to make mention of them because I don't want to out them you know because they did you know they did make some disparaging comments but then there was the people like my friend and another um, young lady who's trinidadian um, who was born in trinidad and had moved to toronto some years ago about maybe 20 years ago or whatever they took up the cause immediately and was like you know we need to stop this bullshit we need to stop this nonsense we need to stop doing this we need to stop doing this nonsense where we're um Again, sorry for that. I had to put the uh, the recording on pause to just deal with something audio-wise. So as I was saying, um, we have had a number of uh, individuals come out that were friends of mine that started to take up the cause of exposing systematic racism amongst the West Indian community. And we how we should be, and I agree with this, we should be embracing each other Especially if we're the West Indians and we're in this community, we should not be hating on any other race, color, creed, or religion. We have a hard enough time treating each other with any kind of respect. And yet we're going to be spouting all this nonsense. Now, mind you, I will get to uh, this this topic at some other time again, just to sort of touch on th- certain things. Because, you know, we are up against the time a little bit with this first segment already, but... This is a big topic, a big situation that needs to stop. You know, it's like you need to stop referring to black people as Creole or you need to stop referring to to Indians as Paki or this, that. Like it's, it's, it needs to stop. It needs to stop. You know, now mind you, nowadays, me, I am so intolerant of racism even more now than I've ever been. Because I don't give a fuck. I would, I will cuss out somebody or I will knock somebody out who says anything racist to me now. And I've had quite a few incidences that have happened more recently uh, with white people and just other people who have just decided to open their mouth and just be disrespectful. Now, I'm going to tell you something. 
this this cause that's being picked up, I'm going to continue to pick up this cause that we need to stop racism amongst the West Indian community. Trinidad needs to clean itself up when it comes to that, because otherwise we are never going to be moved forward in that country, ever. We're never going to move forward, and we're never going to have complete racial equality and unity. Drupati, the legendary Drupati and the legendary Michel Montano did a song called Real Unity. You know, and it is such a, uh, a mishmash, of, a fusion of, of both styles of chutney and soca together. And it's a beautiful song. And there, if you listen to even years before that, and I had made mention of this at some point during this, um, uh, the TFE Radio Trinidad is, you know, Brother Marvin, who was like half Indian, half black himself, born and raised in Trinidad. He spoke about in his song, Jahaji Bai, you know, just, just the history and how things um you know he like just just the song itself go go and listen to the song i don't want to describe it too in much in detail because it's something i will get to at some point during the existence of this show, this this uh excuse me this show and how it so touched me and how sometimes when i hear that song it really does bring tears to my eyes and i don't cry for anything anymore especially where i'm at and where i am in my life i try my best to hold back tears and just let it let it all flow once I get out of the hood. But that song in itself brings tears to my eyes. Listen to Denise Plummer, where she said, you know, not leaving. You know how she won the Soka Monarch back in 2001? She said, I'm not leaving. And she described, you know, just the, the Bacchanal that goes on in Trinidad and the type of things that she loves about Trinidad. She's a, a very, very light-skinned. She would be considered almost a white Trinidadian. But no, she's actually half... Um, uh, white Trini, half black Trini, from um, from my understanding, and she she belongs in Trinidad just like anybody else. It doesn't matter how light skin you are, if you're Hispanic, if you're Venezuelan, you know you're Hispanic anyway. But you know it's just like nobody is to blame for bringing down the country except for the mentality. That's it. That's what it is. It's not anybody's race, color, creed, or religion. It's people's mentality that brings down the country. It's the country that needs to clean itself up when it comes to the racist side of things. It's not a race that's responsible for bringing the country down or creating this narrative that, oh, it's this one destroying the company. Is that one destroying the company? I know Ian Allen always talks about, you know, the Venezuelans are coming in and doing this, that, and a third. And like... They're trying to get away from a country that is corrupted and completely bankrupt. They declared bankruptcy not long ago. They're trying to flee to the next closest country. What's the next closest country? It's Trinidad. The Venezuelans are not destroying anything. They're not bringing the country down. It's everybody that's already been there. All the Trinidadians that have already been there that are bringing the country down. The actual brown Trinidadians, the actual black Trinidadians, the other races of Trinidadians. Then again, it does not matter, like I said, about the actual race of the Trinidadian. It's the Trinidadians. It's not all Trinidadians. It's the bad apples that are bringing the country down, like every country. You could say the same thing about Canada. It's not a particular race that's bringing the country down when it comes to the crime rate or the corruption or whatever the case may be or the type of fuckery that's going on. It's everybody who are the bad apples. It's not a skin tone that could be, you know, you could attach a skin tone to the person and say, well, your race is tearing down this entire country. How is that possible? If you are living in the country 
And you have this jaded idea of black people, brown people, uh, Hispanic people, white people, Chinese people, Asian, other Asian people, you know, Syrians, whatever the case may be, then you're already on the wrong path. You're already going to just stick to your own kind. And guess what? It's like when I started this, this segment, our own kind doesn't treat us with any more respect than another race would. So I got news for you. You got to fucking wake up. You got to stop this stupidness. You know, and all this stuff that also, which to me is all racist too, but this stuff about Muslim and Hindu in Trinidad, that needs to stop too. We need to stop being at war with each other. And like Michelle and Drupati sang about, it's real unity. That's what we need. You know, Brother Marvin sang about it. Um, Denise Plummer sang about it. Chinese Laundry sang about it. You know, Short Pants. And this was a Chinese Trini who went out there and captured the hearts and minds of all of us Trinidadians all over the world, including Trinidad itself, being that he lives in Trinidad and even to this day has his own radio station, very close with Michelle Montano and Ashley um Ashley Abaksh and all these other individuals there that are really making a go of, you know, showing how proud they are of a Trinidad, of their Trinidadian culture and trying to bring people together. What's wrong with that? But then you have these old heads and you have some of these young heads and some of these people who are in between, like the individual I spoke about earlier, who just don't have a grip on reality that you have to stop blaming everybody else for your mistakes or for your mentality because something caused you to think that way something caused you to think that way it's not just a race it's because first of all you don't even treat your own people properly and this is the case of this individual i'm speaking about who i've known since we were kids disappointed very disappointed in her Yes, it is a her. I'm very disappointed in a lot of people that I've had to deal with. You know, there was a time where I, you know, and I don't want to get too much into this, but there was a time when I used to come to Trinidad that I was called, I was called a honky, which is a derogatory term that you would call a white person. I'm not white. And guess what? You know, I made someone very close to me laugh recently and said, what does a white person look like? Me? Are you kidding? I'm still looking for a white person that looks like me. Not me, brother. Not that that's an insult because being white, black, brown, you know, Hispanic, whatever the case may be, it's hard enough just being me. I would not trade my skin tone, my beliefs, my life with anybody, not even the most richest, most wealthiest person on the planet or the most sexiest person on the planet or the most like well-respected person on the planet. I would not change my life with anyone because it's hard enough being me. It's hard enough being Jamie Adam Pritam Navarro. It is hard enough being James Navarro, a.k.a. Strength Navarro. It is hard enough being me. I am never been and never will be jealous of anybody's race, color, creed, or religion, their social status, their status, their money, their their materialistic bullshit, their mentality, nothing. I like to think of myself as a well-rounded Trinidadian, someone who accepts and respects everybody. As long as you respect me, I respect you. This particular individual has lost all respect for anything that is human nature or human mankind because they have no respect for themselves. But they have such a self-righteous outlook about themselves, but then have no respect for anybody else. Period. You know, it is what it is. 
we had a little audience participation there <laughs> if you heard anything in the background but it is what it is there is this cleanup that we need to do amongst our own kind i urge all brown people that live in trinidad to look at your own kind with more respect and realize you can't despise other people that are your own kind you cannot treat other people that are your own kind with disrespect and then hate another race even more or just the same because that's all it is it's hate trinidad is very very prevalent when it comes to they're one of the forerunners in countries when it comes to racism but you just don't hear about it so much you know it's it's it's, it's strange to me that ian allen is um, is mixed but yet he uh, he has problems with Dr. Keith Rowley, the Prime Minister of Trinidad, rightly so. But then you're a Trump supporter on top of that. What? Trump is white, and he's an open racist. Why do you support him? But then Rowley is a black man who is considered at arguably a... Uh, I say arguably because, you know, I've heard too many sides of, of this to, for it to not be true. But... You, you hate someone who hates openly brown people and everybody else that is not black in Trinidad, supposedly. This is what they say about Rowley. So Ian Allen doesn't know which side of the fence he really stands on, but this is what he says. You know, he's a Trump supporter, and I've not seen anything that Trump does or has done that fixed or helped anything in the country. The make the making the mention of well he gave money to certain people who were out of work and needed the money or so that that's very small on the grander scheme of things of what he could have done for the people everyone from black brown white you know Asian Hispanic whatever the case may be he ultimately did nothing for no one but Ian Allen supports this guy but yet he dislikes Dr Keith Rowley which again I understand but. It's like you're choosing one after one over the other, you know, and this is the mentality of some Trinidadians. We don't have to cater to the British white people that came from long ago who took over Trinidad and had Trinidad like a colonization. We don't need to do that. You know, we're, that's like a slave mentality. We don't need to do that. And then yet we, we despise the other, the other races, including our own. We don't need to do shit like that. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you have an opinion... You need to be very clear about your opinion. If you say that you're not a racist, but then you're spewing racist rhetoric, you're a racist. And if you are supporting an, a one racist who is a certain skin tone, and you despise another uh, racist or alleged racist that is another skin tone, guess what? You're a racist. It is what it is. But this is the mentality that needs to stop. Who gives a fuck what color we are at the end of the day? I'm a proud brown man at the end of the day. Like the title of the show goes, once again, I'm treating to the bone. I could be the whitest person on the planet, but if I'm Trinidadian and I was born that way, I'm Trinidadian. Got news for you. I'm Trinidadian. I'm still looking for a white person that looks like me, and there is none. But again, it's not an insult. 
You know, and that's what we need to clear up. We need to stop this shit. Yes, because you're a certain race, there's still going to be racism there. There's still going to be racial inequality. We're not going to have it 100% because there is racism. There is pockets of racism throughout the world, big pockets, and we're still trying to battle it. Some people don't even want to hear it because they're just tired of hearing it. Well, guess what? It won't go away until we all clean up our own act. And same thing with Trinidad in particular. Trinidad needs to stop treating each other badly. Our own kind, our own brown people need to stop treating our own brown people badly. And our own black people need to start treating our own black people badly. And our own brown, whether you're Hispanic or your other race or white or whatever the case may be, you're Syrian, you're Chinese, whatever. You need to stop. You need to stop. We need to stop that. We need to clear that shit up. Trinidad is one of the most loving countries on the planet, one of the most accepting countries, but yet we're behind the ball when it comes to certain things. And racism is one of those things. We need to bring it up. We need to bring it up and have that unity. You know, I always said, I have said this before, if you are a whatever whatever race, color, creed, or religion you are as a female, if you are an attractive person inside and out, you are an attractive person inside and out. I don't see color. I don't see race or religion or creed or any of that. I just see an attractive person. The same thing with, with, with males. If that gentleman is a talented person, it doesn't matter if they're brown or black or white. It, it it's may sort of make things a bit more unique because, I, like I've been encouraging, I don't see enough Trinidadians that are coming out and doing unique content. And I've been encouraging that every single week. Now I have to make this even more clear. I don't care what race, color, creed, or religion you are. If you're Trinidadian, you are Trinidadian. Get your ass out there and let me see you. Add to people like myself and the young ladies who do the cooking uh, shows on their YouTube channels and the gentleman who does that. I always make mention of their names. Kirsten De La Rosa, Reshmi, um, for Taste of Trini, uh, uh, Trini Cooking with Natasha, you know, Camille's Corner. I want to see Devon X, um, Roxy James. I want to see more Trinidadians. It doesn't matter what color you are, what race you are. I want to see more. I want to see more content creators. I want to see more social influencers. I want to see more influencers. I want to see more content creators. I want to see more YouTubers, more models. I want to see more singers, more dancers, more everything. I want to see it. I want to see it. It doesn't matter what race, color, creed, or religion you are. And that's another thing. Us, our own brown people, we need to stop putting down our own brown people. If somebody in your family wants to be a dancer, wants to be a model, wants to be uh, an activist, wants to be, you know, anything that they want to be, wants to be a YouTuber, wants to, you know, um, you know, wants to be a fashion designer wants to follow their dreams and be an entrepreneur, just because you as an old head may not have had the premonition or the fourth, the, the act right or the forthright to do something entrepreneurial for yourself at the time doesn't mean you bring down this generation or the generations before when they try to do something entrepreneurial. What because, and again, we are fixated as a society in Trinidad, still, again, I'm speaking to the old heads too. 
you should not be bringing down the younger generation, the, the generations that have come, you know, after you, if they want to do something that is, you know, business-like, or they want to do something that is not the norm to you. Not everybody is going to be a doctor, a pharmacist, a computer guy, you know, a, a tech guy, going to be a doubles man or whatever. An honest living is an honest living. If the person is passionate about it, about what they're doing, let them be passionate and let them follow their dreams, their goals and dreams and their aspirations. Who are you to say, well, you're not making no money from that. You got to get a job and do this, that, and the third and be a slave. I don't know about any of you, but I'm tired of making other people money. I make my own money now. I still ask for donations if you wish to help out the company and help to wish to, 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 to donate to these shows and all the content that I'm putting out to help keep it as free as possible for all of you. You know, but I got to pay bills too myself. I got to make a living too, but I'm not begging for money. And that's just it. These old heads and some of these other hard-headed individuals in Trinidad don't, or from Trinidad don't realize that you don't need to have those status jobs in order to make a good living and to be comfortable and to be something in this world. You know, and, and this, again, this is not all old heads. This is some, this, and I say old heads, you know, please don't, I'm not disrespecting anyone who's of the older generation. If you're a grandmother or if you're you're an older mother or whatever the case may be, I'm not saying anything derogatory when I say old head. It's just that that old head mentality rears its ugly head when you know you're not getting something your way. It's like everybody else again because the the blame game starts there too. But you know if you're not getting your way, then so what? Get over yourself. The generation that is still there, that lives and and is is prominent, as you as an old head that's still living, you should be embracing and supporting that change. I always said that if I was ever a hundred years old, I would hope that in that hundred years, that I would have evolved, and I would have created this evolution of myself as a person, so that nobody could say I never moved with the times, or I ever was jaded or delusional or I ever played the blame game or ever gaslighted or ever blamed anybody for my mistakes that I chose to make. I never want anyone to ever look at me like that. I want people to look at me like the guy who was multi-dimensional, infinitive dimensions to my character and to myself as a person and someone that embraced all race color creeds and religions all ideas as long as it sets you straight in the right path i'm for it and i'm with it i have never put down anybody unless they came after me in a disrespectful way and i would never do that but if you come at me in a disrespectful way i will come after you it is what it is that's how i am and that's what these old heads need to do like the individual i spoke about i know since we were kids needs to all get over themselves and stop blaming everybody for their own fucked up ways and their own fuckery you know your own racist idioticcy your own you know delusional way of how things happen in when there's a clear cut timeline of what you do to a person how you hurt a person you can't turn around and play the victim Again, that's a whole another topic for another another time. You know, there's too many people that I know that play victim, even though they're the perpetrator. It is what it is. But at the end of the day, when we get back to to the racism side of things, we need to stop doing that shit to each other. Brown people need to stop treating each other like shit in Trinidad and all other 
races and colors and creeds and religions need to stop that. Like I said, the Hindu stuff against the Muslim stuff, that shit needs to stop. That needs to stop. That eye for an eye nonsense needs to stop. We need to start embracing. We need to have unity. Why do you think Michelle and Drew Petit sang about that? A brown woman and a black man getting together and putting together a bomb-ass song that made people realize or try to wake up. It's not just a cool little song to shake your ass to. It was a song that actually had some meaning if you listen to the words. Same thing with Brother Marvin when he did Jihadji Bai. It was the same thing. Get up off your ass. Embrace your fellow Trinidadian. No matter what race, color, creed, or religion, it does not matter. And people like Ian Allen and all these other individuals need to stop blaming other people for Trinidad's misgivings. Need to stop that shit. The coronavirus and that shit, and I, I, because I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Ian Allen's show. I love what he does. I support what he does. I'm from law enforcement too. I'm from correctional field. So I understand what he's trying to do, trying to catch the bad guys. But at what point do you start to become a bad guy when you start to spew rhetoric like some of the things I've heard him say about Trump and, you know, whatever, um, you know, the Venezuelans and all these other people coming. Now, don't mind you. My Spanish, my Hispanic side comes from Venezuela. That I am not biased in any means at all. I'm just stating the fact because it could have been someone from Colombia that was born that was born in Trinidad. It could have been anyone. It could have been anything. But I mean, this would have been the ideas that we got to blame this one and blame that one, like the the coronavirus. I've heard Ian Allen say that it's the Venezuelans coming in and bringing it with them. No, it's everyone. It's everywhere. Are you telling me that it wasn't no Trinidadians that traveled abroad that were brown or black or white or Spanish or or, or um, Chinese or whatever, Syrian or whatever the case may be? And you're telling me that they didn't travel abroad and bring it back to with them? Are you telling me that the, the, the pandemic just started out of nowhere because of Venezuelans jumping into uh, onto the island and they brought it with them? No. This came from Ian Allen himself. But yet, you went abroad to Florida, which I didn't know about, and you brought it back with you and you infected a bunch of other people. So what are you talking about? And you're a brown man. You identify as a brown man, do you not, Ian? So why are you blaming the Venezuelans? Why? You, again, it's the blame game. It's like, come on. Again, you're gaslighting. You were a part of the problem. You were not part of the solution. But again, he has a very jaded way of thinking about things, and this is the mentality. It's like, you know, it's this very wishy-washy, on-the-fence way of thinking. And it's just like, you know, sometimes when he speaks, he speaks clearly about what his stance is about certain things. And then he he mumbles and jumbles and has a very delusional way of looking at things, like how I'm mentioning to you now, when he speaks about the racism stuff and he speaks about, you know, Trump and the Venezuelans and Rowley and, you know... It's it's just ridiculous, you know, and on his show, thankfully, the thing that he does actually catch is that he also catches brown people who are committing crimes too, and some of these other idiotic bandits, and it's unfortunate that we see the same two races that are behind everything. And yes, he will expose the Venezuelans who come in and try to do the sex trafficking, drug trade, and all this other stuff. Yeah, sure. Cool. But again, let's not put a race on that. It's everybody that's responsible. Every bad-minded person. Doesn't matter, again, what race, color, creed, or religion you are. You are responsible for your own shit. 
the name blame the blame game needs to stop we need to stop pointing the finger at each other we need to stop gaslighting everybody for our own mistakes we are all individuals at the end of the day nobody puts a gun to your head to make you decide to say something fucked up or to do something fucked up to a person especially if you claim that you care about that person you know you're you're really going to play the victim for the rest of your life again you can't be doing that because eventually your karma will get you and in the case of this particular person, their karma continues to get them just about every goddamn day because they were just not a person to people like myself, especially, or other people around them that they should have appreciated a lot more. Hence why they continue to lose people around them. Hence why they continue to lose basically their soul and just sort of wither away and just wait for time to take them away living in Trinidad. And not try to rise above. They just go based off of their looks and that's it. And that's it. it. You could be such a beautiful person on the outside. You could be hot as fuck as a woman on the outside. But you could be the most ugliest person on the inside. And nobody's going to want to tolerate you or be around you. I always saw a meme that said. Uh, it was like what, a quote unquote hot girl. And it said even somebody's tired of her shit. And that's true. It's not about your looks. But again, this particular individual is learning and will continue to learn. Just like I hope a lot of you who are listening to this and have this mentality about Trinidad and, you know, the people that live there. There's room and plenty of room for everybody in Trinidad. It's a small island, but, you know, people try to get out of the country to move to greener pastures, whether it be Canada or the United States or somewhere else or England, whatever the case, or they just try to travel. They keep Trinidad as the home base, and then they will go travel for work or to visit family or to travel just to have a good time or just vacation or whatever the case, and then they'll come back, and they have a better perspective of what real racism looks like and what, you know, blaming is like, and they have a better idea, and they come back fresher and with a better sense of self and a better sense of what's really out there in the world. I feel like Trinidadians that live in Trinidad, like this particular individual I'm speaking about, are in their own bubble of bullshit that they don't want to try to break. And if you try to break it, they all of a sudden, they can't talk to you. They can't be around you. They can't. They're very toxic in their own ways of thinking and their own ways of action. Everybody's to blame for everything except for themselves. And it's like, that shit has got to stop. Like I said, I would get to the blame game at some other point in time in this uh, this particular show. Not this particular episode, but with throughout the existence of the TFE Radio Trinidad show. But it is what it is. The racism needs to stop. It has to stop, you know, with every every race, color, creed, religion, every age group, every tax bracket. It needs to stop. Everything from the government to law enforcement, to media houses, to regular everyday people who live in the villages, that live in the city, that live in tenements, that live in houses, that live in townhomes, that live in anywhere. It needs to stop. Even the airports, everything. It needs to stop. You know, And if it doesn't stop, Trinidad will combust. Trinidad has already been a melting pot for racism for the longest time. And again, this, 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 this pandemic is not to be blamed on just one race it's to be blamed on people who just were careless like ian allen was you know and next you know he found himself screaming and shouting when he was in cora hospital by himself 
And then when you come out, you have this jaded opinion still that it's the Venezuelans coming into the country. And this that idea, again, I don't want to shit on Ian Allen. I love what he does, like I said, but you know, he's an example of this 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 very jaded, delusional opinion about certain things. Like you have to take a stance. Again, if you don't f- stand for something, you will fall for anything. And like his show is needed. Some of his opinions are not. I mean, you may not like what I'm what I'm saying, but it is what it is. I am a proud Trinidadian who lives in the most diverse country and most diverse city on the planet. One of the most multicultural cities on the planet, Toronto. Toronto, Canada, to be exact. And we have accepted, rightfully so, every race, color, creed, and religion. We have accepted everything. We have little India up the street from me in different pockets of the city. We have little Trinidad somewhere. We have little Haiti somewhere. We have little Italy somewhere. We have Chinatown somewhere. We have it all here. And we all coexist. And yes, I'm not going to sugarcoat this and say that there's not racism in Canada. Yes, there is. But you know what? We are a lot more better off because we have less racism than you would possibly ever imagine. As opposed to the States or somewhere else. And again, I'm not ragging on any country. It is what it is. But Trinidad itself is the most beautiful country on the planet and yet we have such ugly mentality with certain people we have such ugly mentality towards certain races we have such ugly mentality when it comes to people who should be taking responsibility for their own actions and their own wrongdoing and their own fucked up ways of thinking and doing things to people or to other races including their own that shit needs to stop. Those are the people who are toxic that needs to be pushed to the edge, edge of the island and to be left on a part of the island in Trinidad where they can never be found again. Because that shit needs to stop. We are in such a terrible time right now. We are in such a terrible time. We are in a terrible time right now where this pandemic has shown a lot of things. We are going stir crazy and racism has been at the top of the list because of all the shit that we've been seeing. Despite the pandemic, we have seen too many people being gone down that so happened to be black. We've seen too many people and we don't hear enough about this. And this is why I said Ian Allen, he is very much needed for his show. He has exposed that there has been a lot of brown people that have been killed, that have been murdered. And it's unfortunate, but it happens, and it's some, it's a part of what we have to deal with that needs to stop. Positivity needs to start rearing its pretty face again so that we can get away from this rearing of the ugly head of racism and just hate and hostility and just just being a bigot and being gaslighting and projecting your bad behavior onto other people. Again, we need to control this. That's part, and I think one of the biggest pandemics has always been racism. One of the biggest pandemics has been gaslighting and blaming others for your mistakes. Those are other pandemics that I eventually will get to. But it is what it is, people. We have to stop. You know, and my brown people, my fellow brown Trinidadians, we need to start treating each other with more respect. You have to start looking outside of the box. There was one person in particular, and I'll just close off the segment in a, in a minute or two. There was one person in particular who came from the same uh, family tree, so to speak, as someone that um, came from uh, the the 
the woman that I was, the girl that I was speaking about that I had the falling out with recently. Uh, this particular individual, this guy, as soon as I get into the car with him, and he's speaking to the brother of this girl that I'm speaking about, that I did speak about, he drops the N-bomb and saying about how they're the ones that are, you know, mind you, everybody in the car is brown, including myself, of course. And he drops the N-bomb, and I swear to God, I wanted to punch his lights out. I go, you have this back home, just just racist bullshit mentality. You know, and I, I wanted to gouge his fucking eyes out when I heard this. I was like, what the fuck? Again, he's an old head. And I'm like, what is wrong with these people? Like, like why do my own kind have such hate in their hearts? You know, it's like, we've been oppressed. Black people are not the only ones been oppressed. We've all been oppressed. If you're a different color aside from what we always deem to be the enemy, which is the whites, listen, white people have it bad too. Every race, color, and creed and religion has it bad. We all do. We all have bad apples in every country, every city, every state, you know, every island, whatever the case may be. This fucker decided that he wanted to drop the N-bomb and blame, you know, black people for the reason why Trinidad is in the shape that it's in. No. No. It's the government. It's not the race that's there. You may see certain things that are happening that involves, you know, specific uh, races, but at the end of the day, you're going to go, oh, that's a fucked up brown person there. No, you're going to blame everybody else. Again, the blame game. But the point is, is that that mentality needs to stop. And mind you, this, this fucking ignorant dickhead was the person who would never leave his area where he lived. He lived outside of Toronto. He would never actually get up and leave. He would not do it. Uh, let me tell you a quick story before I, I go here from this segment and we continue this topic some other show. About three years ago, I was at my aunt's place. Well, she's not. She's technically not my aunt, but I, I grew up calling her auntie because I have known her since I was small. I've known her since basically the age that I was when I first met this young lady that I was talking about a moment ago. Um, she and I are the same age. Maybe give or take, she's about two months older than I am, but I'm more mature than she is by far, clearly. Um, but she's actually the aunt of that young lady I spoke about and, of, and also the aunt of that young lady's brother who I just mentioned was in the car with me when uh, someone that was... Uh, part of his now extended family dropped the N-bomb when we were coming from the airport after they had just touched down from Trinidad for the first time. I had gone to my aunt's place or our aunt's place, whatever you want to say. And there was this fat kid there. He's Trinidadian. He sounded totally Guyanese. Whenever he would throw on his accent, he sounded totally Guyanese. Nothing wrong with that. But he sounded like he was nothing. He was everything except for Trinidadian. And you could tell that he was just completely a, a, more, a more westernized version of a Trinidadian. Like he had no Trini in him at all. Brown, brown, big, fat, and ignorant. He gets up when I went to go and shake his hand. First time I'm meeting him. The whole house, the whole apartment is filled with people who are visiting from Trinidad. Some of which I could care less about. And he gets up 
I shake my I put my hand out, shake shake his hand, whatever. Now this kid had no history or no accurate of of who I am and what my family has meant to this particular aunt and what we've all meant to each other. So he gets up and he says to my aunt, he's like, um, he's like, who? He's like, auntie, who's he? Who he? He whitewash. And I said, what the fuck did he? I said, what did you just say? I said, I'm Trini. I go, you have a problem with that? I go, I thought you were too. Something to that effect I had said to him. But um, he was like going out of his way to be very disrespectful. And I was just like, how am I whitewashed? I go, what, because I'm not as dark and ugly as you? Now, not to say anything about anyone who's dark skinned. It's just that that's my mentality now is that you're going to disrespect me because of my skin tone. I'm just as trendy as you, if not more trendy than you, which was clear because he eventually during the day started to admit that he didn't know a whole lot about Trinidad. And I was like, but why do you go on like you do? But I was already bothered because he was just being very disrespectful. And at one point, he they kept saying my name, kept saying my name, my aunt, everybody in the house. You know, people were getting, were starting to warm up to because some of them I was meeting for the first time. I was starting to warm up to them a little bit too. And he's like, he's like, oh yeah, um, wh- wh-? he's like, yo, uh, what's your name again, though, bro? What's your name? I'm like, and I was like, I know this fucking guy's name. First time meeting him because now I'm not going to forget him because I'm like. This guy's a piece of shit. And I'm like, I, t- I called out his name. I know I called out my name again to him. And I said, um, I basically, I just sort of insulted him. And then I go, we've been sitting here this whole time and you don't remember my name? And then his, uh, we're talking uh, amongst us. You know, this fat kid, he's sitting there. And I, I brought ice cream for everybody. He's sitting there eating the ice cream. I said, you like the ice cream there, eh, kid? And he was just like, he, just, he wasn't saying anything. He was just mumbling to himself. I said, oh, this miserable little fat fuck. And I'm like, you know, this racism shit already started with this dickhead. So then as we're sitting there, his mom opens her mouth when I had said, you know, something about, you know, like, you know, working at Tim Hortons or something like that. And not everybody, even I had my name tag, but people were still not getting my name right. I said, yeah, that's not the same thing here. I said, everybody's been calling my name the entire time, trying to talk to me as I've been here. And he's the only one who doesn't remember my name. Again, enabler, enabler. Again, blame game. You don't want to take responsibility for your child's stupidness. And you want to talk to me about, well, I have a name tag. I work at Tim Hortons and people still don't get my name right. Get the fuck out of here. You know, with that kind of mentality, again, it starts with the old heads. If you're going to have somebody who you're raising to be that ignorant and to be that stupid and be that fucking irresponsible with their respect, then you are raising a fucking demon child. And this kid was just, I think he was probably like a couple years younger than I was. But I was just like, you know what, fuck him. So I went after him a few days later because I was like, I was bothered by how disrespectful he was. So I went after him and I dealt with him on social media and whatever. And then I ended up just blocking him. So I'm like, I want to hear no more of your fuckery. But he was a little pussy because he ran to my aunt. He was on the phone right when I had finished dealing with him, complaining and crying to her about how I'm... Because basically he had said he had said to me, "Am I sick in the head or whatever?" And I told him, "I said, you're lucky I didn't beat the, you're lucky I didn't beat the shit out of you for being so disrespectful to me that day." Because when I had gone that day also, and we were then packing up everybody who was visiting from Trinidad, um, 
you know, was hugs and kisses with certain, you know, with some of the girls there, some of the ladies there, whatever, some of the people that were related to the young lady that I made mention of earlier and her brother and whatnot, you know, hugs and kisses, whatever, stay in touch, whatever. I made that fat kid get up off his ass and fucking bring those suitcases up and down the staircase. Because I'm again, I'm like, you know what? I could stoop just as low as you can. You don't want to treat your own kind with any kind of respect. You don't realize that I'm brown just like you just because I'm a lighter skin tone than you. I'm going to fucking treat you the same way then. So I made the fat boy walk up and down those steps. There's no elevator in the building with those suitcases. And I made him do all the work. But I was still bothered by him. So I went after him a few days later. And I dealt with him and he went crying to my aunt. But again, he was a racist little prick. And he was he, he started to complain to my aunt. And my aunt was telling me, well, you know, you, you jam, you can't go out. You, you know, you can't you know take on people like that. i said no he was being disrespectful i said he was disrespectful right from the very beginning calling me whitewashed and 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 and, and telling me who's this boy and all this and calling me boy and all that. i'm like and i told him i said this is a man this you know brother fucking punk so i was like you know i let my aunt have it when it came to this passive aggressive attitude which is another thing i gotta fucking get to when it comes to this topic to all these different topics in this show but this passive aggressive attitude that you know as long as it doesn't happen to them then it's okay that anybody could disrespect you then as long as it doesn't happen to them again this is fucking passive aggressive bullshit but i dealt with him and i never heard from him again you know he's pussy and then next you know i heard that he had gone back to trinidad to to uh to i guess maybe find himself or (laughs) learn how to be a trinidadian but he sounded completely fake and he, he was nothing but fake and i was just like man this is the kind of people that my aunt has around her. This is the kind of people that are involved with that young lady and her her family. And like, come on, man. But mind you, it was from another side of the family that was just as worse, if not worse than them. But I was like, come on. Are you serious? So I dealt with the fat kid. But again, I've been dealing with racism my whole life. And a lot of it has come from my own brown people. And it's unfortunate. So I've been looking forward to coming back to Trinidad to see and just be like, you know how Eddie Murphy said in Delirious, he's like, yo, you better not go to Texas, you know, because, you know, everybody's racist there. But, you know, and, and how he joked about, you know, he he, uh, he basically was raising his voice at anybody who just said hello to him type of thing. I won't go through the whole jokes, maybe some other time, but... I'm not going to Trinidad to look for racism. I'm going to Trinidad to visit and see my family, my friends, my family friends, and and obviously to meet some of you, the listeners that would be in Trinidad, that are live in Trinidad, and you know break bread with some of you, if not all of you, and and get to know a lot of all of you. And you know I'm always open to making new friends, and you know having people that I could eventually call family, and you know uh, having. Uh, female supporters and having you know male supporters or whatever the case may be you know and and meeting you know children and everything and just making a a positive impact i'm not going there to look for racism but trust me anybody who ever says once again to me that you don't look trinidadian i'm going to ask you what the fuck is a trinidadian supposed to look like because that is racist also it is what it is it is racist how the fuck are you going to say I don't look like a Trinidadian? Well, what is a Trinidadian supposed to look like? You know what I'm saying? It's ridiculous. We need to stop that mentality. But again, I'm one of the rare Trinidadians that will actually speak out about racism and about anything pertaining to this. And racism as a, as a West Indian that I have faced personally, firsthand, with my own brown people and with other individuals who just don't know any fucking better. 
But again, it's been mostly brown people who have been racist towards me. You know, fortunate. But we need to stop that bullshit mentality. Otherwise, we are going to self-implode. And it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. Like, again, Trinidad is the most beautiful country on the planet. I cannot stress that enough to you. With some of the most beautiful people, some of the most beautiful women, most beautiful men, most beautiful children, most beautiful animals, most beautiful like parts of Trinidad. Almost every part of Trinidad is beautiful. But again, we have slums. We have hoods. We have the projects. We have all kinds of stuff that we have here in Canada and everywhere else. You know what I mean? Trinidad has evolved in many, many ways, but it's still behind the eight ball when it comes to racism and it has to stop. So if you're a Trinidadian and you're listening to this and whatever I have said has resonated with you and has made you change your 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 your, your bad-minded ways towards other races in Trinidad, including your own, then you are already on the right path to the right steps in in, in creating unity amongst yourself because it starts within yourself and then you move on to then uh, externally uh, moving that unity and locking horns and locking links and chains with your fellow person who is black or brown or white or whatever the case may be. You know, we should all embrace each other because we are a small island and we're too small even though we're the most influential country on the planet, in my opinion, to be so hateful and so racist and so bigoted and so you know terrible towards our own people and gaslighting everyone else except for yourself for your own mistakes and you know this blame game and being wishy-washy and being on the fence and all this other bullshit. We need to stop with that. You know, we have to break the stereotypes. We have to break the racism. We have to break all of that. You know, we're not just a country that you know it just you know, waves a flag and, you know, push your foot in your mouth and all these kind of songs. No, we are actually, we could do different types of music. We can, uh, we're not, we don't all just eat curry and eat doubles and, and, and play the, um, the steel pan and listen to Tassa and, you know, and, and jump around and, and fet all the time. We don't just do that. We do everything that you can do and better. And I'm speaking to the rest of the world. We can do it just the same, just as good, if not better, you know? We need to break the stereotypes and the mentality, but this bad-minded way of thinking needs to stop because it brings the country down. It brings down the morale of the country. And again, you can't put a race on that for what brings down the country because at the end of the day, we have to look at ourselves in the mirror. And that's it. I'll be back after these messages. A word from our sponsor, TFE Radio Trinidad, episode five. We will be back in a moment. Amazon's Audible service is offering our listeners a free audiobook of your choice and a free 30-day trial membership. Just go to www.audibletrial.com slash TFE radio and choose from over 180,000 audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to www.audibletrial.com slash TFE radio. That's www.audibletrial.com slash TFE radio and get started today. Welcome back, everybody, to TFE Radio Trinidad for episode five, our second segment, Trinity Bone, for Saturday, November 28th, 2020. I'm your humble host and narrator once again, James Strength Navarro. Thank you for joining us and listening to this point. It got a little heated there in the first segment, but it is a very, very passionate topic that I needed to get to and clear up and give my thoughts and opinions. Again, that's just the start of me talking about racism in Trinidad and with amongst Trinidadians overall. 
But we're going to get to something a little bit different now. Of course, this is when I lived in Trinidad segment where I will talk about um, when I lived in Trinidad from January 1987 to forever. Uh, this is part four. So I learned the hard way as I'm going to jump right into this. I learned the hard way that nothing is for free. When I went to Trinidad and I lived there, when I was living there, I started going to school. As a lot of you know, as you've heard the stories so far. Last week, I told the story about how I accidentally put my friend Junior in the hospital when we were playing rocks and, well, rocks. <laughs> uh, this was a life lesson that I learned immediately. Now, as I went to school in Trinidad, I had a number of different experiences uh, with bad teachers, with inappropriate teachers, with uh, just people trying to test me that were students. I had people that uh, doted over me, some appropriately and some inappropriately. And then there was this one particular lady who would be there at lunchtime or at any time during the day and selling snacks and soft drinks and stuff like that to the students. Basically, she was like a mini cafeteria, but it was just just her and it was uh, her containers or whatever she had. And she would bring them to the school and she'd be off in this like little section, uh, a part of... Um, I think like a classroom or some, I can't remember exactly where it was, but it was like a little section there. And she would, uh, she would be very, very nice to me. She was nice to everybody, but she was very nice to me and we would always talk good. And mind you, I'm eight years old, right? So I don't know nothing. I don't know, but no better. Uh, this was this, um, uh, she was, um, uh, as we say, she was an Afro Trinidadian. Uh, she was a black woman. Uh, I remember she was a light-skinned black woman, and she had her hair in a bun. A hair. She had her hair tied back, and she um, <laughs> she was a bit of a heavy-set woman, but not too heavy-set. But she was so nice and so sweet to me. And I remember that we would talk, and then she was just like, "Oh, do you want this? You want that?" She'd give it to me, I'm like, oh, "Okay." And I was like, "I don't. I." I because I started to see that people were obviously buying stuff from her. You know, red mango, um, you know, chana, you know, corn curls, stuff like that. And I'm like, I, 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 like I had money on me sometimes. I, I think at least I remember I had money on me most of the time. Uh, you know, my little allowance or whatever, you, you know, whatever for doing chores and stuff around the house. Because, yes, I did chores when I was in Trinidad too, not just in Toronto. But... She would never take my money or she would not ask for money. And eventually, I started to run up a very, very, very big tab with her. I didn't know I had a tab with her. I just assumed that she was going to continue giving me everything for free because I thought she liked me and we were friends. Eventually, this is how I learned that nothing in life is for free. She stopped me one day and said, uh, you know you have to pay for all this stuff, right? I said... Yeah, I think so, but I, I kind of assumed that you, you I kind of thought you were, you didn't want any money for anything that you were giving me, because mind you, she did lead me on, she did lead me on, and 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 was giving me stuff without actually mentioning that I had to pay for it, 
Sometimes she would not. She would mention that, oh, you have to pay for it. I said, oh, I don't have any money on me right now. Can I still have it and I can pay you back or whatever the case? And I think it just, the, 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 the lines of being a friend, I mean, even though she was much older, a woman, and just being nice to me was a different story as opposed to, um, you know, giving me something because I thought, you know, maybe I was a, a relative or whatever. Even with relatives, I've never gotten anything really for free. So I'm like, okay, um, all right, so uh, yeah, I have to pay you. That's how much I have to pay you. And she gave me the number, and I just, I can't even remember the number. It was so huge. It was such a big number, and I was like, oh, fuck. I was like, I was thinking, <laughs> oh, fuck, in my head. <clears throat> Mind you, I didn't really cuss at that time, especially being in Trinidad, because I was like, I didn't want my ass to get cut from my stepfather, especially, and my mother. So, lo and behold, there's this tab now on my head, which I did not know I actually had. So this tab now is over my head. And I don't know if it was me. I'm pretty sure it was her. This lady who was the mini walking cafeteria gave my mother my tab and said, this is how much stuff that I have given him. And this is how much he owes me for all of this. And I was like, oh, shit. That's how I knew I could never trust anybody when it comes to being nice. Because, you know, do you want me to get it? Do you, that's why I don't hesitate. If I could pick up the tab for somebody, I'll do it. Because I don't want anyone to ever pick up the tab for me. And then later on remind me that they picked up the tab. You know, I don't want nobody holding that shit over my head. So, you know, I'm no cheapskate. I never have been. You know, I come from nothing. So I have always learned the value of a dollar at a very young age. And this is where I've definitely learned the value of a dollar and that nothing is for free. She gave me that tab and my mother had paid it. And she had told my mom, like my mother had spoke to me about it and said, you know, you have to pay for this stuff. She's like, Jamie, you have to pay for this stuff. You can't just take it, you know, and it's not free. You know, I said, okay, I understand. From then on, she's like, you know, will, you know, you have your lunch and everything. Because I had my lunch. I would bring a lunch. And then, you know, all this extra stuff was just like snacks and stuff that like I really liked and I really loved. I really wanted, you know, kiss cakes and all kinds of stuff. You know, mind you, this is 1987. So again, the concept of free uh, and, and the concept of paying for things was still sort of foreign to me because I knew where we came from. We had nothing living in Toronto and my mom, my mom would, 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 you know, would work hard for the little bit of money she had to provide, you know, which I'll always be grateful to her for that, of course. And I've turned around and since then have really paid her back with my life and then some. So, but the point is, is that that tab got ran up and it got paid and needless to say, I never, I never took anything from her again for free. Even if she was leading me on to think that I, I, uh, I was, uh, you know, I was getting it for free. But again, it was my own fault. At the end of the day, I should have known better. Even as an eight-year-old, and watching everybody else pay for it, I should have just brought out my money from the very beginning. So at the end of the day, it was a hundred percent my fault. It wasn't her fault, so to speak. I can't say that, you know, because it will go back to what I'm saying. Um, in the first segment about the blame game. I can't blame anybody for my stupidity to realize that even though I'm seeing all these different kids around me, 
you know, with their little $1, $2, whatever the case, and paying for their stuff, I should have just continued to do the same thing if I wanted anything from this lady and not not pay attention or listen to her when she says that, oh, I'll just give this to you for now or, oh, here you could take it or whatever. Never assume anything. I learned a lot of things from that moment. Never to assume that anything is for free. Always ask, like, how much do I owe you for this? How much, what do I owe you for this? Or like I used to joke, I go, how much do I have? I go, who do I have to kill for this? You know what I mean? But I would never, ever, and have never since that time ever assumed anything was for free. Now, mind you, I was a little thief back then as a kid. I was a little badass kid. And those are stories I'll eventually get to at some other point as well. But I learned from that moment that you always have to work for everything that you get. That lady was hustling. She was making her money from the kids that went to the school, the younger kids such as myself and the older kids and even the teachers and other staff that was buying things off her, little snacks and little, you know, sweet drink and stuff like that. I learned that you have to always pay for something. Never, if somebody actually gives you something for free, it's either because they genuinely mean it or that's it. They just genuinely mean it. So that's it. You you really have to sort of look at it like that and go, you know, nothing in this life is for free. It's like that song, um, which was literally the kind of the opposite of, of what I'm talking about. That old song with Luther Vandross and uh, Janet Jackson, um, you know, the best things in life are free now that we found each other. You know, the best things in life are free now that I discovered what you mean to me. Yeah, no, not here. You have to pay for everything. Nothing in life is for free unless somebody genuinely, absolutely 100% wants to give you something for free out of the goodness of their heart then you can take it. But you always have to make sure and double check and say, you sure? You sure? I could give you a couple dollars for this. Or I could give you the value of it. Or I could you know, give you some money. And here you could keep the change. It's all good. I learned. I learned immediately. So that life lesson actually came from my time living in Trinidad. So like I said, Trinidad is not all bad and racism and this, that, and the third. It's, you know, it teaches you things. Of course, I've always said that the education is the strongest anywhere in the world and nowhere is stronger than Trinidad when it comes to education. But I got my education the hard way that in that particular moment that, you know, this stuff is not for free. You know, she was hustling, trying to make a living. And I was, I felt like as I grew older and I think about the story now, I felt like I was taking advantage of her. And I think I was taking her for granted. And I did. And she eventually turned around and gave her, uh, my mother, gave my mother the tab. And my mom, you know, we ended up paying it. She ended up paying it. And that was it, you know. So, you know, take that with you. Uh, nothing in life is for free. And for those of you who are younger, who are listening to this and you're in school, whatever standard form you're in, or whatever the case, just know that if that lady or that gentleman or whoever is selling that doubles or selling that, you know, that mango anchar or those tamarind balls or chana or corn curls, or I don't even know if they have corn curls still, but if they have any of that stuff and they're selling it, buy, buy and support, buy and support. It's, it's today what they call is like support your local businesses. That's exactly what you do. If you're in school, same way that I was back then when I was eight years old, you have to pay for everything. Don't ever assume or take anything for free. It's like they say, never take candy from a stranger. Same thing, same rules apply here. So anyway, that's it for now. That is the, um, <laughs> that is the, 
the, the, the life lesson I learned living in Trinidad. One of my first true blue big life lessons living in the motherland. So um, there you have it. That was a school lunchtime tab that I had ran up. And I realized that, yeah, never again would I ever do that. Now, again, like I said, I learned many things going to school at that time. It wasn't just what was in the books. It was about the people and the people that was around me, including the teachers and people like that lady who was hustling and, and trying to earn a living. And, and some of my classmates and some of the personnel. I learned a lot just going to school in that short period of time. But those are stories I'll get to at some other point. So that's it. That is segment two of TFE Radio Trinidad. We're up against the time here. We need to go to our next commercial break. I have one more segment and then we will close off and put a nice little bow on this uh, pretty little pacacorma. Okay, I will be back after these messages. TFE Radio Trinidad. Why Amazon's Audible? Amazon's Audible content includes more than 180,000 audio programs from the leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, entertainers, magazine and newspaper publishers, and business information providers. Be sure to use our unique URL at www.audibletrial.com slash TFE radio to get started today. Welcome back, everybody, to TFE Radio Trinidad, Episode 5. This is our third and final segment before we close off this show. This is Trinity Bone is the title of this particular episode for Saturday, November 28th, 2020. I am your humble host and narrator once again, James Strength Navarro, and we're going to get to the Trini Food Craving of the Week. I'm going to keep this segment a little bit short, and please bear with me as I'm going to try to describe to you what this particular thing is for those of you who are not Trinidadian, or even if you are Trinidadian and you're not familiar with this particular thing that I am going to make mention that I have a craving for, and it's been something I have not actually had, and I think it's been years now, years and years and years. Okay, sorry about that. Had to take a quick little pause there with the recording. We are back. There's a little technical issue there. Try to keep this as breezy and as clean and crisp on the air as possible for you, the listener. So I'm going to describe to you the Trini food craving of the week. And it is called, more accurately, Toppy Tambo. Or, as I used to call it, and it is more commonly known from my uh, generation, as Tippy Tambo. Now, those of you who don't know what this is, I will tell you as best as I can. As I said, please bear with me. It is a, um, it's, I'm going to describe it to you in my way, okay? It is like, it's like on a vine, almost like grapes, but it is uh, light in color on the outside. It looks like a mini potato. That's what it looks like. And it almost tastes like a mini potato too. You boil it for a long time and then you could peel it or you could just cut it up and eat it like a potato, like a pizza aloo. It really is delicious. I really do love it. It is like, it's funny because I think I had developed my love for aloo by eating tipitambo. I, I used to say it was pititambo, piti as in P, P-I-T-Y. But no, it is tipitambo, T-I-P-I. Tambo, T-A-M-B-O, Tippy Tambo. And it is usually, um, uh, by, it's usually 
uh, popular around like carnival time, Lent time, because that's when it is ready for harvesting. So it's not like you can really get it all the time. Uh, if you live in Trinidad, you can't get it all the time because this is around the time that it would be uh, for harvest uh, is carnival or Lent time. So when I used to have it, I first obviously tried it when I was living in Trinidad and throughout the different times that I would visit Trinidad after I had lived there. And every time I got it, it was always given to me um, you know, on the vine, whatever, and just pick it out and you can never eat it raw. I mean, I, I, I've never, I think I tried to take a, it's like eating a, a raw potato and it just had that texture, that sort of starchy, sort of very, um, yeah, just very starchy, very, uh, just taste to it. You know, like it wasn't bland. It was, it just had like a very potato like taste to me. And I always loved it. And I always, always, always remembered it. But I have been having a craving to have this for some time. I really have. Uh, but yeah, Tippy Tambo is the thing that I'm definitely craving right now. I don't know if I could ever get that in the city. I don't think I've ever had that in Toronto since I stopped uh, visiting Trinidad. Um, I'm definitely going to get it when I go back to Trinidad and bring it back with me. I know that's not a meat, so I can bring that back with me. Um, and that's a whole other story. I'm still not clear. I don't think you can bring meat back from Trinidad, at least from what I understand. Uh, I think you, you might be able to bring shrimp and stuff like that. I'm not sure. But again, I have to double check all that. But Tippy Tambo, I actually, um, I, not, I had it at least a couple of years ago. My aunt, the same one I had mentioned in the first segment about the racism stuff. When I was visiting her, she had brought it back. And I had it with uh, with her at her place. And she had brought some back, some Tippy Tambo. And I was, I was so happy. It was such like a blast from the past, you know, because... It is really something you can only get in Trinidad unless it's been like shipped over here. It's been imported over here. It's very rare, very, very rare. I've not seen it in any other store, any other grocery store. I've obviously, I've never seen it in any um, uh, West Indian restaurant, any Trinidadian restaurant or joint. Never have seen it anywhere else, but it is what it is. I would have to go to Trinidad and go and pick that up along with my... Um, my Trinidad paintings, which you all know what those are like. Those are things that you have to bring back from the motherland and bring it back. You know, every self-respecting Trinidadian must have Tippy Tambo and you must have a painting, um, uh, you know, one of those uh, plastic-like paintings of uh, old life in Trinidad. Every self-respecting Trinidadian must have one of those paintings in the front of your home or somewhere in your home hanging. Um, I remember, anyway... I'll get into that some other time. But anyhow, that is the, the Trini food craving of the week is Tippy Tambo. Uh, almost like a potato, like uh, you boil it and then when you you eat it, I almost said yam it. When you yam it, <laughs> when you yam it, it, it tastes so good. Um, you know, it's very flavorful. You put a little bit of salt on it. Again, it's, it's very much like to me, in my opinion, it's very much like a potato, like a piece of halu. Um, but... You know, that's my craving for this week, and I'm on a mission to find it somewhere in the city if I can, but I doubt that I will be able to find it, but um, that's it for this week. That is the show. Uh, I know what the, the first segment, we went over an hour talking about that. As I said, it's a very passionate topic, but um, 
you know, we are definitely going to be back here next week to talk about a number of other topics. And of course, if you are a wrestling fan, you have one more show that you can download and listen to. Uh, that is the TFE Radio Wrestling Show, which rounds out the uh, the fifth round of shows and every round, every week of shows. As you know, I do three different shows, uh, all dropped on one day, which is Saturday. And you can then choose to download and listen to all three, one show, two shows. As I said, if you'd listen to no shows, then we got a problem. But anyhow, I'm glad that you'll stick with us and you continue to stick with us. And those of you, again, if you live in Trinidad or abroad or you're not Trinidad, it doesn't matter. As long as you listen to this show, that's all that matters. And if you like what you hear and you would like to donate, you know, some of your hard-earned money to help me and continue to help me, uh, you know, better this show, better my company, better all the equipment, better the content, better all the ideas I got going on and the ideas that I have coming up, then you could always use the unique URL as you heard throughout the commercials of this show, the www.audibletrial.com slash TFE. You you get yourself an Amazon Audible trial service going for the first 30 days, and then you can get yourself your free audio downloaded book. You can keep that regardless if you keep the service after the 30 days. And if you keep the 30-day service going after that for as long as you wish, you keep the audio book and you get to pay just a small amount, small, small amount, (laughs) a small amount, a little pitney amount of $14.95 a month. Again, depending on where you are, again, if you're in Trinidad, that would be $14.95 US, I believe, and $14.95 in Canada as as well. But uh, you could help us out there, and we get a little kickback, and that helps the show, helps the show out. Or you could donate direct, as much of you have seen what uh, Ian Allen does. If you want to donate to him, he has a PayPal. But we, most importantly, have a PayPal, and that is www.paypal.com. Dot me slash T-F-E Navarro. That's T-F-E-N-A-V-I-R-R-O. And you can donate. The money will go directly to me instantly. And I could use the money to then buy better equipment and all the other things I had made mention a moment ago. And if you're not able to help monetarily, which is fine, you could also, you know, download, click, share, subscribe, you know, on any of the 60 plus platforms that we are located for this show, this network, TFE Radio, the network, TFE Radio, Trinidad Wrestling, Uncut and Uncensored. You can also check us out on all those 60 plus platforms and uh, do your thing and get our numbers going get our numbers up for every show including this show of course if you would like to join me on social media which many of you have you can join me on social media at tfe navarro that's t-f-e-n-a-v-a-r-r-o tfe navarro on facebook or you could just search for James Navarro. It's the same profile picture that you'll see everywhere on all my other social media. It's TFE Navarro or James Navarro on Facebook, TFE Navarro on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, or you could search for James Navarro. You could check out my company and follow my company on social media as well at uh, itsmyurls.com slash TFE Worldwide. Or you could just go TFE Worldwide on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, Look up TFE, the Franchise Entertainment, on LinkedIn. And that's it. And before I go, as I made mention in the TFE Radio on Cut and Uncensored show, uh, 
if you have not heard, we are on a new platform. Speaking of platforms a moment ago, we are on a new big platform. And this one, I'm very excited. We are on Amazon Music. That's right. We are on Amazon Music. Now, I'm going to make the announcement still, even though Amazon Music is not opened up to Trinidad just yet. But again, if you're listening in the following countries that we are located on the podcast section of Amazon Music, if you're on this list of the six countries that we have already reached now that we are a part of Amazon Music, there are more countries to be added. Eventually, Trinidad will be added as well as Canada because Canada is not on that list either. So Trinidadians that live in Trinidad, please do not feel bad. We are still opening up uh, our platforms to uh, these other countries, at least not me and not me and my company, but Amazon is uh, working towards opening up um, accessibility to every country on the planet. Right now, they've got 55 million plus listeners to their uh, Amazon music platform and now, now it includes podcasting. So this podcast, this show, this network, all the shows under the TFE Radio Network banner are now on Amazon on the six following countries. And those six following countries I will read to you right now. We are in fact, uh, excuse me, we are in fact in six countries that, and we are going to be, uh, well, we will be adding, we will be announcing more of the countries that are added by way of Amazon Music. Um, we are now available through Amazon Music in the United States, United Kingdom, Germany, Japan, Mexico and Brazil. Those are the six countries that are uh, broadcasting TFE Radio and the TFE Radio Network. There will be more countries added, and I will be so super stoked and excited as a dog in shit or a pig in shit. As long as I see that this happens, and I hope it does, and I'm sure it will, and I can promise you that it's going to happen. Amazon Music and Everything to do with Amazon Music, including podcasts, will be, in fact, available, not just in Canada, but it will be, in fact, available in Trinidad coming soon. So that's it, everybody. Thank you very much for listening to TFE Radio Trinidad, episode four, sorry, episode five. We're already on episode five, our fifth week, Trinity to the Bone. Thank you to everybody that listened to us and that have been showing your support. And thank you for all the positive feedback. We are, in fact, done. And once again, this is all things Trinidad and Tobago. And all I can say is, as David Rudder says at the beginning in that quick clip at the here at the beginning of the show, welcome to Trinidad.